Hey, welcome to the first episode of Have You Seen My Mom? A podcast that highlights the amazing things that mothers of all kinds can do. I'm Jazzy Lampkin. And I'm Kerrigan McCabe. And this week we're interviewing Doll Avant. Um, Doll is my mom. She's the best. She's a mother of two. And she is an entrepreneur. She has her own company called Aquagenuity, which exists to bring water data information to different communities across the country. Without further ado, please welcome Doll. Please welcome Doll. <laughs> hey, have you seen my mom? Oh, I held that one a little too long. Um, so welcome. Thank hey mom. You. Hi. So if you want to introduce yourself. I'm Dal Levant and I'm Jazzy's mom. We're gonna do some like kind of like speed round questions. Imagine there's like music. And they're just like just think of answers as fast as possible. So um the first question is just like where are you from? I was born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. What's your favorite color? Turquoise. You have a favorite book? All over but the shout by Rick Bragg. Do you have a favorite child? You gotta go now. You gotta go <laughs> no. now. You said no? <laughs> she said no. I, you know I don't do favorites. You know that. You just had a favorite book. And color. <laughs> I don't do favorites. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, seriously. You, you guys are equal. I get it. I get it. Actually, so it's, one child. Like, I'm not hurt. I got. You're 20 month twins in my mind. So, what do you want from me? An answer. What's your favorite sauce? So, you asked me favorites. So, you're right that I did immediately answer you, but that was an anomaly. I usually have a really hard time with favorites. I'm serious. I'm so serious. Okay, hit me with, like, your top three sauces. Like, if you're building a sub. What's your go-to? Well, okay, like, the basics. I mean, you got to have oil and vinegar, right? And then maybe, like, chipotle or something like that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Just, it just can't be dry. I mean, because I actually don't believe in bread. Yeah. What is bread? Wait, when you say you don't believe in bread, do you, like, get, like, those wraps of lettuce? Or do you get, no, no, like, I bread just eat bread. ignore it? I eat the bread, oh, okay. but I don't believe in bread as a standalone product. Like, it should not be <laughs> dry. I also don't believe in crust. Do you eat toast? Not really. She doesn't really Not eat toast. Not a fan. You know I give away my, my bread okay. and toast. Mostly. Yeah. Like, you know how Zaxby's will have, like, toast in it? Yeah. She's always like, somebody eat this. And I'm like, thank you. The Zaxby's but toast is It's, very it's so good. It's buttery. It's very buttery. So in, in the line of breads, if I was going to eat a bread, I actually would fold it in half. Or it already comes sliced. So I just bite. Like, no crust shall touch my lips. So I bite the middle because of the butter. Yeah. And I eat that part. That's like my little brother. He like cuts off the crust of his sandwiches, but like with a cup, so that way he just Ooh, gets yes. like the circle okay. part you really of it. Need. Okay, cookie cutter. That's all you really need. Yes. Okay, so what's your craziest travel experience? We went to Ecuador. Um, there's a lot of mountains and stuff, and a lot of times you're like above the clouds, and you can see like across the thing, like there's a river, like it was very fake looking, and then a big huge volcano with like ice the top was ice capped mm-hmm. like what's going on so she woke up one morning at like four o'clock in the morning and woke me up and she's like yo let's climb this mountain and i was like what are you ha ha she's like no no because like we're basically in the start of the andes mountains in south america she's like yeah if we start now you know one of the guys local guys he has like the little headlamp thing and he said he will show us how to get up and by the time the sun comes up We'll be like above every, like we'll see like to the ocean or something. I was like, okay, so I'm like, okay, let's go. <laughs> Ridiculous! Oh my god! First of all, it's a mountain. Like, <laughs> have you ever walked up like Stone Mountain? You know how you can do that? Yeah, yeah. So that's like, oh look at this. No, this is an actual <laughs> mountain. It just had grass instead of like rocks. So we're like, 
oh my god like trying to find a vine like <laughs> like literally climbed a mountain but it's dark like i can't see anything like, i'm following this guy he has a headlamp like they're just walking and you hear you ah! and it's like a bull like standing right there. you're like oh and you keep going and on the flat part and then it's time to go up again and then halfway you realize they're probably snakes like i'm glad i can't <laughs> see you right now because i'm sure they're snakes like what then i pass like a spider web that's like I'm I'm tall. I'm five foot nine. Wow. The spider web is, is like taller than me. Like so then I'm like, well, where's the spider? Like how big is the spider? But you now you can't turn around. Now you can't leave. You can't go back. So you gotta keep going. I didn't know if I was gonna make it. But we made it to the top and it was I guess worth it. What do you mean I guess? <laughs> I mean, cause the view was just I'll never get that picture out of my head. And literally you're above the clouds and oh my god, and there's a river and there's a mountain and there's and then in the ocean, like, you could see everything. Like, you could see the ends of the earth. But we didn't go back down that way. There's a road on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> but that was pretty cool. Um, so good job on lightning round. Congrats. Um, so I guess the first question. Are you working on anything right now that you feel really passionate about? Yeah. So the takeover is real right now. Um, so my company, Aquagenuity, um, is a data company. We use data to help you understand what's in your water in real time from any smart device. So basically, it's the Google search for water quality. So mm -hmm. now you can check your water the same way you check the weather. And that's pretty significant uh, for a couple of reasons. One, when I started this work, it was when Flint happened and, you know, people were getting poisoned in Michigan yeah. by their water supply. And it's like, what's going on? But actually, there are 3,000 locations in the United States with more lead in their water than Flint, Michigan. And people just don't know. So that means humans are the sensors that are alerting us to these problems. Like a bunch of people get sick and they were like, oh, it was the water. And that's not okay. Um, so why isn't there technology and an app for that? So that's what we built. Um, but this is like really significant right now because like coronavirus and the whole pandemic, it just showed how this idea of expecting the government to give us good information about environmental threats to our health is just really not a good strategy. Like they're not even paying attention, they're not going to tell you even when they find out. And again, the way we find out is we get sick or worse. So that's dumb. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then like, um, also there's this whole movement around environmental justice. Like if you take a map of, uh, part of what the technology does is you can make heat maps, right? Mm -hmm. So right now, if you want to know what was in your water before opportunity, you, I don't know what you would do to find out. Um, but now, you can just put in your zip code, it tells you what's in your water, what does this mean for my health, what kind of filter do I need, and you get a score. So 100 is good, zero is bad, you can do heat maps. So blue is good, red is bad. So if you take a heat map of water quality in the country, and you look at where all the red zones are, and then you overlay it with like socioeconomic data, you'll see like all the lower income communities are have really low water quality. And that's because historically, there's a lot of just like, we just push these people over here next to all the factories and the, the runoff and the horrible stuff, right? So it's like, to me, the same systemic issues that are causing a lot of the protests that we're seeing now, those same systemic issues are what caused that type of environmental injustice. So doing this work and being in technology uh, as a female and a black woman um, in this time is just a, a way for me to um, change that like to be a part of the change that we want to see. So I'm pretty passionate about that. Yeah, pretty passionate. That's yeah. amazing. What's it like um, running a business? Um, have you been doing a lot of Zoom calls or like 
like how does like how do you so maintain that type of thing? So much zooming. Um, it's it's hard to to kind of stir yourself up. Like when I used to do meetings in person. Well, I'm a singer, right? In, mm-hmm. in background, so we I used to go through this whole routine before I hit the stage, right? To get like pumped up, right? I think athletes kind of do the same thing, like in the locker room. You know how on TV, anyway, they're like, and then they run out on the field, right? Or like actors do the same thing, you know, before a play. Yeah. You have to do the same thing to be really effective in business. So it's a lot harder to do that, like on Zoom, because I'm just at the house. Like, I'm not like about to walk to a boardroom. Like, I'm just like, (laughs) you know? But yeah, so you have to get yourself in the zone and get your mind right and get hype so you can send that same kind of energy like through a virtual experience that you would if you were in person. Um, that's a tip for anyone listening. It's really important to do. To, to It's a transfer of energy. You're not just saying words, right, when you're in a meeting. And that's the impression that you leave on people. So it's important to kind of get hype. Yeah. We should change this into a uh, lifestyle podcast because she's just really Honestly, dropping. yeah. She's just bombs. Yeah. <laughs> um, how did you go from having this idea to actually making it a reality? Oh my God, it's, it, okay. So personal development and business development are the same thing, right? So you will be mm-hmm. stretched to the limits of your yourself and your character and your, your belief that you can do things. And there'll be many days when you want to quit or whatever. But um, for me, uh, the, the number one skill you can have, what worked for me anyway, was just the, the ability to pitch. They actually call me the pitch queen. Like just sharing the story, mm-hmm. like the why, start with why. If you haven't seen that TED Talk, Two TED Talks you should watch. One is mine. It's called What's in Your Water? And the other one is Simon Sinek, Start With Why. So just telling the story, like, why why should I care? Like, what is this? Why does this matter? Like, if people don't know why it matters to them, they're not listening to anything else she said, right? So um, I got really good at telling the story and making it relevant to people. So even before we had a product built, even before we had an MVP, we didn't have the data all in one place yet. But my story was dope. Um, and then like Google called and then they ended up putting me on the homepage of Google. That was, that was then, cool. That was a good moment. What? It was like, what? So cool. And then like Wired Magazine, you know, did the, did the TED Talk and Coca-Cola, like United Nations, like it turned into this snowball effect. So the number one secret is the ability to pitch uh, your idea really well. So pitch queens, plug for pitch queens. She's trying to start a, um, a program to teach people how to do this for themselves. Like oh, pitching, so cool. pitching your Because this is how you get in. This is how you start a business. It's how you get into grad school. It's how you yeah. launch a political campaign. It's how you start a movement in your community. Like, you have to be able to pitch. I feel like we need, like, a reset or, like, a boot camp as we come out of... What is this? It's not even quarantining. I don't know what we're... in. Out of the twilight zone? Kind of hell, a little bit. Out of hell? A little, a little hell. <laughs> yeah, and Taste we start to hell. pretend to, to re-enter the world, right? I want to, like, help people to... Hit reset. So that's one of the things I'll be teaching first. I guess like growing up, did you expect to be this sort of multi-business empire ruling mogul in the making? Or like, what was sort of your vision? So, no. I didn't know what to call it. Like, I didn't think of, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur or anything like that. Um, But when I was six, see, okay, break this down for me. Go with me on this. Go with, when me. I go with a therapist. What do you mean? Yeah, go, with down? Me. go with me. Go with me. So when I was six years old, I thought what I wanted to be, like I wanted to be a cheerleader, uh, a banker, and own an, an ice cream truck. So 
if you, you wanted to do all of those at the same time. Yeah, no, okay. at the same time. So later in life, I was able to interpret that what my six-year-old brain was seeing, cheerleader, being in front of people, getting them excited about a vision, a mission, is what I do every day. Hi- a hype woman, a hype woman. It's what I, I'm a CEO. Sorry, sorry. A CEO. My six-year-old self didn't know that word. What? <laughs> those are letters. <laughs> didn't know those letters. Right? The ice cream truck, that was just the ownership. That was the ownership of something that I was passionate about, which at the time was ice cream. But so that was the entrepreneurship. And then being a banker, not like a teller. No, like I wanted to own the bank. Like like a monopoly. Yes, because building wealth, because we're building a billion dollar company. But I didn't know how to say any of that when I was six. So. We just played Monopoly yesterday. Um, and I won. It, you cheated. It, it got kind of heated. I, didn't, I thought really she was asleep. I fell asleep in the game. She definitely cheated. I woke up. I have to say. She, I she woke up with nine houses. Winning. And killing them. I just think. One, one, one round of rent. $7.5 million. What do you want from me? Bankrupted y'all in like three rounds. I want equality. Done. That's what I want. I stand for <laughs> So, you lived your dream. Like, your childhood dream. I'm, totally, I'm totally living my dream. But who knew? Who knew? Did, do you have any major roadblocks in getting to live your dream? Yep. So, yep. Because <laughs> I had no plan. I had no actual plan. <laughs> so, like, I quit my job, like, way too soon. Like, way too soon. So that okay. was hard for some time. Like, for some years. <laughs> Don't do that. That's one of the things I teach people now. Like, people are like, oh, I'm about to quit my job. So I just, I'm like, no, no, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Back it up. Don't quit your day job. Keep your source of income unless your mom, your brother, sister, your spouse, or grandmama or somebody has sat down with you and said, yes, I will pay your bills for the next three years. If if that hasn't happened, don't quit your job. (laughs) That's important advice. Important. Or, you know, if you have savings and people say, oh, I need savings for like six months. The lies of Satan. No. It's going to take you like 18 to 24 months to even figure out exactly what's really happening Depending on what your business, of course. But you know what I'm saying? Like, don't play these games in these streets. So that was hard. That was probably the hardest thing. But worked out. Um, let's talk about your youth. Mm. Um, what was something you were really, like, passionate about? Or a fun hobby? Or Let's so, see. How far back do you want to go? Let's go all the way back. My earliest memories. <laughs> Not so- that far. Wait. I don't need to go that far. <laughs> yes. We're I was going. thinking we were, like, teenage nope, mom. Nope, nope, nope. nope. We're going back. So music was actually my first language, meaning I could harmonize before I could speak in full sentences. Mm-hmm. That's because both of my parents are musicians and amazing, and they used to have choir rehearsal in our living room. So music was a, was an always passion, but I was actually scared to sing in front of people, fun fact, until I was 14. So do you think music will continue to play a role in your adult? I mean, it's played a huge role in my own childhood as well. Yeah. But I, yeah, I actually, honestly be trying to figure out like what, what role singing is going to play for me personally as an adult who's not trying to be a singer. I'm not saying you're not trying to be a singer, but I am saying that you're not currently an employed well, singer. I will tell you <laughs> that I'm not trying to be a singer, but I, I'm probably going to drop an album. Because why? Oh, because we're coming out of quarantine with a bang. Like, why? <laughs> All rules have been broken. All bets are off. If you got something in your heart to do, go do it. So I'm going to drop an album or a single or whatever. Whatever people drop do both. these days. And you know where how I learned that it was okay to do two things? No. Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda. You love Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda was my mentor in high school, Kerrigan. Okay. So for all the young bucks who don't know who Jane Fonda is, 
Because she's old. She's pretty old, but she's a legend. <laughs> but yeah, there's people who don't know who she is. So anyway, she's like a two-time Oscar winner. And she used to be married to Ted, to Henry, Ted Turner. Who's Henry Fonda? That's her brother or father. Peter, there's Peter Fonda, Henry Fonda, and Jane Fonda. They're all famous. Oh. One is so her dad. So Fonda's her maiden name. She's not married to either of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she was married to the billionaire Ted Turner. I'm telling this for the audience. Who like who are these people? Who we are the audience, <laughs> right? Who founded right TBS and like Cartoon Network and CNN, whatever. So, I mean, he's so rich that he gave away a billion dollars to the United Nations. Just here you go. Doo-doo. So, in high school, they sponsored, I guess is the word, our performing arts program. So that's how she like saw me in the show. She's like. You're going to be, you're a special person. And she's like, just started mentoring me. So I used to go to her office, like at the top of CNN Tower, and just like sit there and just like chill and talk about whatever. And so one day she's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know what I want to do because I I was in a girl group, you know, and they literally were trying to sign us. Like Diddy and Dallas Austin, like came, well, Dallas was in Atlanta, but Diddy like came to Atlanta. They were signing all the little girl groups. And my, the guy friends that we used to sing with, they actually got signed. Right. Can you give us a year for this? Just for 1995. Yeah. Okay, okay. 95. And um, this is when LaFace, like TLC, like everything was coming out of Atlanta. Like we were the thing. And so I'm sitting in Jane Fonda's office. I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. Like, I, I love music and like, but I got all these scholarships and I would go to college and I'm going to go to Harvard. Like, like these are hard, you know, problems or whatever. And she said, she looked at me. She was like, who told you you had to choose? Like, you can do two things. Like, stop it. <laughs> and so that just really changed my mindset. This idea of you have to just be one thing. It's not that you don't need to focus because you do. But you can. You are. You are. And you, Kerrigan, are a multi-talented, multi-passionate, multi-faceted woman. Mm. It's called Renaissance woman. <laughs> just like Leonardo da Vinci. I know I told him to do one thing. We're out here in these streets. Like, do you and be great. Why is that your phrase? Be great at what you do. So, we are out here. That's why I'm, I'm kind of nuts. Because when a two-time Oscar winner tells you you can do anything you want, you tend to... You do anything you want. <laughs> you mentioned Atlanta in 1995. I, I just was broadly wondering, like, what's been in your experience, I guess, like, growing up and living in the South? And, like, what do you think... This is more of a personal rant, but I've been thinking a lot about like misconceptions about the South, I guess, mm. um, and thinking about yeah, just like shedding some light on that. Like, what's it like to be from the South? I'm not from the South. Oh Jesus, <laughs> that's completely unhelpful to what I'm talking about. Okay, okay, let me clarify. Let me clarify what I'm saying. All right, all right. So I mean that in, in one, two, three ways. One, my parents moved to Atlanta from Los Angeles. The year before I was born. So I was not raised... I mean, they grew up in the South, but then they left. So I wasn't raised in, like, whatever. My brother was born in Orange County. Like, it was just not, like, a Southern... Like, we didn't attach our identity to Southernness. Number two, Atlanta and Georgia are not the same thing. That's two different things. To be clear, Atlanta is a city. Then you leave the city. Now you're in Georgia. That's the South. So Atlanta is definitely the South, but then there's another southern thing happening outside of city lines <laughs> and i need everyone to understand what i'm saying all right but then thirdly like i just did not internalize it that way so that's a lot of things you could ask me about like 
what's it like to be a female in technology? Or what's it like to be a black woman doing this? Or what's it like to get into Harvard? I'm like, I don't know. Because in my head, these are not hard things. And then later I turn around and I'm like, oh, that's not normal. So you think living in the South is a hard thing? Yeah. However, Atlanta is an anomaly because we have this great history of all the civil rights leaders, Martin Luther King and like Andrew Young, who I say his name at least twice a week to you. He's one of my advisors. He walked with Dr. King. Like when you walk in his office, it's like pictures of like him and Dr. King and then like him and Bill Clinton and like him and Jimmy Carter just like chilling. You know, Jimmy Carter. Kerrigan loves Jimmy Carter. Oh my God. Right. So they created this environment in Atlanta where like, it wasn't abnormal for a black person to be in leadership or to own businesses and stuff like that. So the world that I grew up in, obviously it was the South, but it wasn't that part of the South, the bad part, I guess. What is your biggest fear as a mom? Well, when they're younger, I used to be terrified. Like they're just, you know, crack their heads open or something, you know, because kids are just running around. And I don't know why when we were kids, Every kid at some point jumped off of a roof. Like, that was like a thing. It does feel very 80s. Yeah, it was very 80s. So, I don't know what you guys <laughs> Have did. Have you ever jumped off a roof, Jazzy? Judah did. Judah did. Judah did recently. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, what dangerous things were you doing? I don't know. Um, you we didn't do, do anything bad bit. in high school. Nothing in high school. I'm too. Yeah, we just never did anything bad. Me. I want that to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to my mom about this, and she was like, You were so. <laughs> No, it's called safety, and we appreciate you. We were pretty lame, though, Thank overall. You. I've gotten a lot cooler since No, then. I feel better inside. Uh, um, but we used to, like, do all these playground stunts. You remember that phase? Oh, like, monkey bars, and... Yeah, that's just horrifying. So, at, when they're younger, you're afraid of that. Um, when they're older, it's just, like... You just want... You want for your kids to um, find internal motivation. Like, you don't want to always be, like, telling them to do things. Like, you want them to, like, find their own passion and their own drive um, so that those, that that momentum is internal. Because you can't really force a kid, right, to, like, embrace life. They just got to embrace it. So, yeah. Did you do great? Well, thank you. So, this last segment, um, it's a pretty basic game. You've probably played it before. Two truths and a lie. Wait, what? It's called two truths and a lie. Okay. You tell us three things. Two of them are true. And one of them is a lie. And it can't be stuff that I know. So you have to kind of actually work a little hard. Are you going to give me topics? Like, no. no. You pick three things. Three things about yourself. <laughs> yeah. Two of them are true and one of them is a lie. And we have to guess which one is a lie. So they all have to be kind of absurd. Like, that's kind of a bit. Okay. All right. Um... Um, I have performed at Carnegie Hall. I, this is hard. Wait a minute. I, um, this is hard. Hold on. Because things you don't know. Well, I'm sure there's something about you I don't know. You've had a whole life. I, um, okay. I have performed at Carnegie Hall. I know Kanye West. And I, I um, had a scholarship to the Fashion Institute in New York. So we've got Fashion Institute, Kanye West, 
Carnegie Hall. Does all sound like lies? So I'm just like a little confused. <laughs> I don't know. What are your thoughts, Carrie? Well, I feel like you would know if your mom knew Kanye West. But I feel like I would know. I, mean, I said no. I met, met Kanye West. Okay, met, met, met Kanye West. Okay. Sorry, I think I played the so game. So related. Wrong. But have you guys seen that? Um... <laughs> are they all true? <laughs> I was about to change the subject. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Have you guys seen this whole theory about Kanye right now? That maybe he's been faking this whole, like, Trump thing? Have so you guys that, seen that? What? No. So it's been, like, this, like, really long game that he's been playing where he's secretly been trying to, like, get into the minds of, like, MAGA hat wearers and stuff so he can get access into places. <laughs> Seriously, like, I read this. I don't know how true this is. but I, I read this like seem interview. true. He's been donating money to all these Black Lives Matter campaigns and, like, I don't know. If I, I'm not saying I believe it. But, but you heard it. I did hear it. I feel like that's something he would say, but, like, as, like, a fact <laughs> to, like, true. make up for the fact he was wearing a MAGA hat for the past, like, couple years, you know? Just been a hard like, time. just trying it's to cover his bases. Kanye fan and... But, like, I don't know. I don't know Kanye, so I feel like I can't. Yeah, do you, do you have any do you have a statement on, on as an expert, on as a personal friend and acquaintance of Kanye West? <laughs> so, so, wait, so I, I did it wrong. So, here's why. <laughs> There's just no way you know Kanye! <laughs> No, but I am 12 days younger than Kanye West. Um, 12 exact days. But, okay, so to be clear, I was trying to tell two lies and a truth. So I got that part wrong. But then, like, I'm pretty sure I just told three lies. No, you did tell three lies. You quit. I quit. Because I was trying to... It's actually impossible. I was trying to throw you off. I was trying to throw you off. Well, it worked. It worked. <laughs> I'm like, what does she not know? Like, you know everything about me. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, end of that round. <laughs> no, that's it. I didn't play that that's game it. too well. <laughs> I guess you win. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's kind of all we have in terms of planned questions or, or comments. Okay. Do I get to do, like, mom things? How are you? Do, do you want to? You want me to bake you can. something? Like, what, where's the mom part? When I get to be a mom? So the mom part is um, just in your existence, or really my existence. Aww. I love this concept. Keep going. Keep going. This is great. Have you seen my mom? Have you? Have you seen her? I have now. She's great. <laughs> it's actually a podcast, which I actually had never realized. It's just kind of a misleading title. It's not, we're never going to see any of the moms. It's just, have you heard my mom? But, um. No, but it's still. No, like, we're not have changing Have you seen how cool she is? Like, it's. I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, it's a little it's a visually pun. lacking. We can make it a joke. Say <laughs> <laughs> so exactly. it was intentional. Love this. Love it, guys. Keep yeah. it up. Uh, yeah, thanks for letting us interview you, though. This is awesome. Yeah, thank you. I'm number one. Number one. I'm the first interview. Number one. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Do you know a great mom? Submit your mom to be interviewed at mymompodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>